Welcome to Home Selling Hero, hosted by real estate veteran Tom Didier. Each week, we break down today's ultra-hot home seller's market and give you the tips, tricks, and guidance to navigate the selling process and get the most out of selling your home. Proudly presented by the Tom Didier team. Let's jump in. Greetings and moyen, everyone. Welcome back to the Home Selling Hero podcast. I am your host, Tom Didier. I got a special guest with me today. It is Mr. Danny McNamara from Renters Warehouse, Milwaukee. This session is going to be on investment properties. Um, Danny works, Danny runs the company that we are affiliated with in Milwaukee called Renters Warehouse, and they manage. Uh, Danny, you'll have to chime in. How many units do we manage right now? Uh, roughly around the, that 600 unit range. Okay, about 600 units. Uh, mostly, we'll just call it Southeast Wisconsin. A, a good bulk of them are in in Milwaukee. But um, Danny's been doing this about 14 years now. Correct. Correct. Yep, seen it all. And, and is it true that your name is really Danny Duplex? <laughs> Since I get started true. in this business, that uh, that has been a nickname that has that stuck seems, with me. Yeah, it's kind of nice when people ask me, does Danny Duplex still work for you? <laughs> so Danny's been in the investment uh, space most of his professional life. And we're going to talk about uh, investment properties and how to manage them. So, Danny, go ahead and just take uh, take one or two minutes to introduce yourself. Let the listener know who you are and what you do. So my name is Danny McNamara. I'm the Chief Op- Operating Officer of Renters Warehouse in Milwaukee. Uh, we are located right down here in the Menominee Valley, right outside downtown. It's kind of the main artery of the thoroughfare of you know of Milwaukee. You know we manage properties like you alluded to in pretty much all of southeastern Wisconsin, uh, north of the Illinois border into uh, Kenosha, all the way north uh, as far as Sheboygan and as far west as you know Washington and Waukesha counties. So this whole uh, Lake Michigan corridor, the southeastern pocket. Uh, and our focus is mostly on what we uh, deem rent estate, which is a, a term coined by the CEO of Renters Warehouse Milwaukee. It's actually trademarked. And so really what that is, is, um, you know, real estate for the rest of us. So it's residential investment properties. And what we it's mean. It's not real estate. It's rent it's estate. rent estate. You got it. Yep. It's exactly. rent estate. Very different, very different animal. Yes, 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 yes. You know, from both an investment and uh, a, a management standpoint. But you know, throughout history, residential real estate specifically has been the uh, the single most um, you know wealth generation tool or medium for you know your your average you know person. It's something that is literally accessible to you know all walks of life. So many people yep. have started few coins in their pocket got a loan from the bank started with their first single family rental and you know ended up with you know nine and ten figure portfolios a great investment and we're going to hopefully give a couple tips and tricks and just a little bit of information on how you can get into the rental space i think that a lot of people are afraid to get into it and they just don't know how you know most you people say? you know don't really know where to start you start you maybe right. go to a you know free seminar or everybody and their mom knows you know somebody that's been talking about getting it you know buying a duplex or you know a single family rental uh, you know it's just kind of one of these ideas that plays in the back of 
a large portion of people's minds but there j it just ends up being very few people that think about it that actually pull the trigger you know yep. itself you know okay so just find them the right you know realtor to guide you through you know the purchase and then the property manager and that you know there's someone a general contractor come in there and maintain the building you know there's a there's a lot that goes into it um but it's all just about setting up the the right team so for anyone yeah. that's thinking about getting into it it all starts with a you know a solid realtor and a solid property manager it's a great success story and i'll give the listener kind of a background on what renters warehouse is because it was founded i think in 2007 by a guy named brenton up in minneapolis and it was founded during I, i'll use the word shitstorm, right i mean real estate was in the tank in 2007 and you had all these these people, these landlords that were all of a sudden upside down and their equity was going the wrong way. And so Brenton formed this property management company that eventually became a franchise. And he took the unintentional landlord. And these were guys that didn't want to sell their houses. Um, but for a while, they felt like they had to because they just couldn't self-manage anymore. And the equity was just gone. They were upside down. So to sell that property, you know, you owe the bank two hundred grand. Well, the place is only worth 170. So what do you do? No, nobody wants to bring 30 grand to closing. So, Brenton formed this um, this company that was built for originally the unintentional landlord that said, "Listen, keep your property, hand it over to us. We've got systems in place, and we'll deal with everything. And we'll, you know, we'll get the rent coming in, and we'll maintain the property, and we'll do everything you go about your life." And it really allowed a ton of people to keep their investment properties and not sell for a loss. Um, of course, that unintentional landlord eventually became intentional, right, And for the best ones, and they just said, this is going pretty good. Now my equity's back, and I think they thought they would sell when the time came, but they thought, RW's doing everything. Let's just keep this rolling. A lot of those unintentional landlords ended up becoming, you know, what we call whales, saying, well, why not, why do I have one property? Let's, let's buy five or 10 or 20. So um, it's worked out really well. Uh, Andrew and I discovered that company around 2012, 13, 14, and we ended up buying the franchise rights for Southeast Wisconsin. Danny was one of our very first employees, um, and we pretty much turned the company over to him. He runs the place. So we're up to, uh, what do you say, 600-some units yeah. now. I think RW, nationally, what do we have, about 20,000-plus units yep, under 20, management plus. right now? Yep, throughout the country. Yeah, it's a fluid number, but it's always always growing. Um, I guess let's start by just telling the listener, what do you do? What what are the services that Renters Warehouse offers? <laughs> so that is a question that we uh, we get quite a bit. You know, what is what does property management even mean? I mean, you ask 10 right. people what that means, and you more than likely you're going to get 10 different answers. Um, but the best yep. way for me to go ahead and answer this is, you know, what Renters Warehouse specifically does and then what our, you know, a definition of property management would be. And in, in reality, the, the definition of property management in our eyes is it's the the culmination of three different, um, you know, services that when it comes to investment properties. So tenant placements, lease administration, and property maintenance. When you take those three things, that's the, our definition of property management. And so, the, it, so it all starts with tenant placement. You take a single-family house that uh, someone had previously owner occupied. You know they want to get into the rent estate game. So what they do is they, you know, they move on and then they they turn their biggest expense into an asset. And so we come in, we do a, a tenant placement. So we uh, come up with a set of stringent uh, written objectives, cri screening criteria. 
um, you know, select appropriate tenants. And then once we place the tenant in there, now, now the property is cash flowing. And what we do is, you know, rent collection, lease enforcement, um, you know, lease renewals. And so when you have a tenant in there and they're paying rent and, you know, they're putting in maintenance requests, um, you know, that is the stage that the majority of people, I believe, get confused. And that's what they think is of property management. But in reality, that's just one spoke of that wheel. That's the lease administration yep. uh, stage of the overall property management process. Um, and then there's also the maintenance uh, through our sister company, Brew City Property Services. Uh, we provide uh, general contracting, corrective repairs, uh, and preventive maintenance services. So to summarize those three things again, you just said tenant placement. Yep. It's pretty self-explanatory. We used to always call it property management, but you're calling it lease administration now. You got it. All right. Lease administration. The third one, of course, is the biggest one, I'm assuming, or maybe not. You can tell the listener is maintenance. Is that's the whole point, right? As you maintain the property, the owner doesn't have to do that. What what percentage of your business is it evenly down the middle? You spend a third of the, the company's time is spent doing each, or is one more labor-intensive. So it all depends on the actual where we are in the investment life cycle. So at at some point in time, they're all going to require, you know, more time than the other, you know, obviously when the, you know, the property's vacant or, you know, in between tenants, um, you know, that's a very real stage of the property management because there are vacant unit services that need to be performed. For instance, you know, contracting for both, um, you know, lawn maintenance, um, lawn maintenance and snow removal um you know checking on the property especially in winter to make sure that the um a no one's broken in you don't have squatters uh and then also that the the thermostat is functioning and set to proper temperature so it's more you know at that point you know um i don't want to call it property babysitting but more more or less that's exactly mm, sounds what, like what it is um yeah but that's fine very real service that needs to needs to happen um but yeah, so at some point we are spending um, a concentrated uh, amount of time on a s- specific task based on where we're at um, within the investment or rental life cycle. I like that property babysitters. I haven't heard you refer to yourself as a property babysitter. <laughs> yeah, I try to stay away from that, day. but that's probably the best yeah. uh, way to describe it. Yeah, yeah. All right. So we talked about what you actually do, and I will say, like, the happiest clients we have had are people that have bought investment properties probably with a little bit of hesitancy because they don't, you know, get into it early, don't know what to expect. The happiest ones are the ones that keep going and they say, well, this is pretty cool. I bought this place and turned it over to RW and I don't really do anything, right? I mean, you, you just collect the rent and how much hands-on, I guess every investor is typical, but how would you describe your typical client at RW? Are they hands-on? Are they hands-off? Are they a mix or you know how how involved in the business are they as the best answer to that is as little or as much as they want to be but let me put it this way so with the thousands of properties that have come you know through our office and the um, cumulative time and years that our team has spent managing this and the countless amount of dollars that we've invested um, in systems and processes um, it, it kind of put our whole entire service in a spot where the most successful investors that have come through our door have been the ones that turn them over and buy in to us as being the professional and uh, just let us run our systems and processes because they realize that 
Um, there's a reason that we do the things that we do. So the over, over the long term, the ones that have been successful just throw their the, you know their asset into the machine uh, and let it run. It sounds to me like it's similar advice that you'd get from your uh, stereotypical financial advisor who says everything's long term, right? I mean, you don't unless you're a flip flipper or you're trying to you know flip a stock. But for the most part, the investment game works best when you you buy and hold, correct? Yes, absolutely, absolutely. Over time, the idea in its simplest form is buy a property and let your tenant build your equity until whatever, right, until they decide to, to cash in on the equity that the tenant, the tenant has built. I mean, maybe they got the mortgage paid down to half or maybe it's paid off by now. But I think, right, would you agree in the simplest form, that's why you get into yeah, it? Yeah, I was going to say in reality, in the simplest form, that's exactly what it is. Yeah, yeah. Let you babysit and then check back in in 10 years and find out, oh, my gosh, we paid off that property. Um, all right, let's get into some reasons. Give me some specific reasons why somebody should consider buying an investment property. Whew. So someone's reason. I'm assuming that, I mean, they're, they're all going to be, inv- they're all going to be financially motivated, sure. right? I don't, I don't know anybody that, uh, but for what, you know, specifically what, um, what reasons should they get into it? Well, um, so let me give you just a couple different examples because um, everyone's personal, you know, financial situation is different. And, and that's a good thing because there are strategies that are tailor-made um, based on your specific, you know, financial, um, you know, standing, wherever you're at, whatever position you're in financially. You know, so for instance, let's just take, a, you know, if you are in a, um, a career that where you're, you're a high earner, you know, you're busy, you're professional, you know, doing something else, such as in a, you know, a, a physician or an attorney. And, you know, you, for instance, will take, you want to shield some of that high earning, you know, you know, dollar amount that, that you get from mm-hmm. whatever profession you're in and not have to pay that to Uncle Sam. And so uh, what you're doing is you're looking to place, park your cash into, uh, you know, quote unquote, you know, safer asset that's going to appreciate. But at the same time, you are going to get the benefits of depreciation or what's also called cost recovery um, and shield that your income from whatever higher earning profession that you have and not have to pay that in tax. So it's part of the whole entire wealth building process by not paying that tax. You are keeping that those dollars in your pocket have a house to sell, but not sure who to trust when it comes to getting the best deal and leveraging the current market? Trust the experts at the Tom Didier team. With over a quarter century of selling Milwaukee, Tom and his team of real estate experts are here to ensure that you get every penny you deserve out of selling your home. No matter where you live in the dairy state, Put one of Wisconsin's top real estate teams to work for you in selling your home and making the most of your real estate investment. Looking to buy a house instead? Tom and his team have you covered here as well, helping you craft and perfect the offer on your dream home. Visit SellingMilwaukee.com to find out how much your home could be worth and connect with the team to make your next real estate transaction a dream. Now back to the show. Basically, going to fall into the tax advantage category. There, there, are, there are there are reasons you can you can shield some money and make more at the same time. 
Exactly, exactly. And that will go for for anyone that buys these, you know, residential assets. I mean, you have a depreciation schedule of 27 and a half years on residential assets. And so that's going to that is a benefit that's going to benefit absolutely everyone that purchases these. But, you know, you have made people that have a middle, you know, middle income job, um, you know, middle class folks who have a, a stable, uh, you know, secure income may not be the highest earners. But th what they want to do is they want to parlay, you know, their salaries into, into building a portfolio that's going to eventually replace um, their their current salary when after they build a large enough pool, you know, and they feel that they're, it's a time that they can walk away, but still have that, that passive income and not be given up, um, uh, a source of income. And again, the whole time you're doing all the financial paperwork, you're just collecting rents and depositing into the owner's account. They're not really doing anything. Correct. Exactly. No, correct. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, tax advantages are, that's a very, um, good answer on, 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 what the tax advantages are. I always like to tell the story, and we just sold this place, if you know which one I'm talking about, but uh, one of our clients named Michelle, I sold her this house like when her daughter was three years old, and her intention was, hey, this is going to be my college college fund for my daughter if she wants to go to college someday. Not that every kid needs to go to college, of course, but, um, and then 15 years later, she called me and said, hey, you know, my daughter's going off to college, time to sell that place. And it worked very well for her. I mean, we managed the property for her. She didn't really have a whole lot to do with it. But when we sold it for her, I don't know what the number was exactly. I just know that she felt very confident that her daughter could go to a very good college for four years. And she was going to take care of that for her daughter if she chose so. So really good. A lot, a lot of people don't think think of that, but it's a really it's a really easy college investment if you've got that cash what do you think? So realistically, for the listener, and I, I don't want to get too far into the weeds on numbers, but w what would you say somebody has to have available cash in cash for a down payment to buy their first investment property in southeast Wisconsin? It's going to vary. I mean, there's also there's a multiple of strategies. You know, we are, you know, realistic. And so it all starts with one question. Exactly. Yeah, it does, does take a little time. But, but you can get it. I mean, would it be fair to say that you can buy... Uh, an investment property with ten grand. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Down payment. Absolutely. You know, you get know? yourself a nice, you know, single family, um, you know, starter ranch home, twelve hundred square yep. feet. You know, rents for you know twelve fifty, thirteen hundred dollars a month. You buy that thing, you know, for a hundred, one ten, one fifteen, and you have yourself right. a nice, um, you know, starter investment. So you just brought up the term single family, and that's something we haven't hit on yet. So true or false? Renters Warehouse specializes in single family homes for investments. Oh, very true. Very true. You know, really since the start of Renters Warehouse, and I mean, so it's kind of Renters Warehouse was kind of at the forefront of this. You know, obviously, re you know, property rentals is the the number one or number two oldest profession in the world. We all know what the other one is. And, right. uh, <laughs> you know, so people, you know, people we are doing this forever. Right. But it's, but <laughs> it, it, there's been a prof proliferation of this as a institutional quality asset class and that really stemmed from 2007 2008 and technology has paved the way for you know uh, investors of all you know you know socioeconomic backgrounds you know to invest across the country yeah yeah the space has changed i don't know if you saw the most it wasn't the most recent, but a fairly recent port that the National Association of Realtors just put out, which was a summary of 2021. And the number of the percentage of transactions that closed that were paid with cash by investors was 
way higher than I have ever seen. I think it was 25%. So one out of every four deals across the country was a cash buyer, which is crazy. So that really shows that the space, you know, is being, I don't want to say it's being taken up, but investors with financial means are moving into that single family space and they're buying homes because they're they're good investments. So why don't you guys do apartment buildings? Why don't you do the the 50 and 100 unit apartment buildings? That is a way different management beast, you know, both from yeah. an asset class, financing, it, dealing with the tenants, you know, obviously it's, it's, it's more dense. So you have a higher population density and, you know, with those comes its own particular, you know, set of, you know, issues and problems. And so for certain investors with a, you know, certain, you know, risk appetite, which is on both ends of the spectrum, um, you know, whether you could be the, you know, highest, you know, quality institutional um, investor or, you know, somebody that's, you know, runs a fund with, you know, a few million bucks. Um, sure. And it's just, it, it, it's different. It's a management beast. Yeah. So with that, you, ha- you you do need to be a sophisticated investor if you want to get into that. And, you know, people, a lot of apartment building investors have started out as single family rentals. And as they became more sophisticated as, um, you know, real estate investors, they've pyramided up into larger buildings. And then there have been those same type of investors that have started with single family rentals. And they've just grown massive portfolios of right. single family and duplex, you know, rentals right. and stuck to that pure, you know, rent estate. Yep. I've always enjoyed, I've dabbled in the apartment building space before. And obviously the first thing you learn is that you really need on-site management. Yes. You need boots on the ground, like literally in the building because you got to play, you talked about babysitting, right? You, it's, you basically need a babysitter on-site you. to babysit that building, depending on how big it is. But I've always enjoyed the single family renter and really kind of setting the expectation with them to treat this single family home like they own it. And we, we, we get a lot of that. And a lot of that, a lot of that is because the training, you know, right, you guys have given to your leasing agents that when they move these people in, kind of train them and show them little things on, you know, how to change furnace filters and things like that that actually help you know, that maintain sets the property. Us apart. Because uh, a lot of times you'll have, you know, companies not to trash, you know, other, you know, other companies or firms, but it's, they'll get a tenant to sign a lease and then the tenant just comes and picks up the keys from the office and then they're on their way to go ahead and start moving in. We physically right. meet the, the residents at the property and then perform a, a move-in orientation because, you know, for us, we feel like that we are doing the uh, the biggest service to the in, to the investor by educating the, the new residents on how to, A, properly maintain, you know, the property based on, you know, what their obligations are. But then also at the same time, you know, in the event of emergencies is, you know, and this is when this this service adds its most value you know for instance you have a, a toilet that's just completely overflowing and it won't shut off well the resident needs right. to know where the actual shut off is you know same with the electrical and the furnace so just teaching them how to live in the uh, you know these properties and it's it's paid dividends um you know for the investor but then also a you know happier resident overall right right so we talked a little bit about the unintentional landlord um which is obviously a person that didn't intend to be a landlord, but they ended up in that position. And then, of course, the intentional landlord is a guy that goes out uh, that specifically buys property. What percentage of your business that you're taking in these days, are, are you working with both, or are, are you seeing more intentional landlords, or are you still 
Are you still the uh, the perfect, you know, um, option for the unintentional landlord? <laughs> well, so this is uh, a, this cycle has come full cycle, and yeah. if you would have asked me this question four years ago, it would have probably been different than how I'd answer it today. But it, right now, for the past eighteen months, you will have seen um, our the bulk of our business have been swung back to the in, intentional landlord but then just over the past month and a half two months uh we've had a massive uptick in the amount of uh unintentional landlords inquiring with us because they heard that we were a potential solution to them and so it's i feel the pendulum swing in the other way with um you know another i guess proliferation of this unintentional uh yeah. you know uh, investor is coming back unintentionally. So what, when they come to you and they're, they're now becoming an unintentional landlord, what's the biggest mistake they're making that they need you guys? Why are they, what are they doing wrong that they come to you guys and say, just take care of this? So it me? depends. So I wouldn't necessarily say that they're, you know, always doing something wrong now where they, where I think that the unintentional landlord makes their biggest mistake is by not starting with our tenant placement services. So when uh, someone that owns a, a what had been previously owner-occupied and then they need to move on and take a job in Texas or wherever it may be, and they want to you know, turn their, their biggest expense into an asset, that's more or less when they – and, you know, so they'll still have a mortgage. They need to pay it. And then obviously with tenant placement, there's a, you know, commission that needs to be paid. But um, we've proven that we're, you know, worth every cent of that and more because I have seen too many horror stories where we have not been involved in the tenant placements and the unintentional landlord wanting to save on a tenant placement commission goes and, you know, just someone just refers them. Somebody said, oh, yeah, this can be great. And then, you know, three months later, they're finding out that they a victim and, you know, there had, you know, may have been, you know, five, seven thousand dollars worth of damage they had done uh, just because the yeah. wrong tenant had been placed. Right. That's a nightmare. Right. Another example I've seen a lot when I've seen you guys do management takeover for a landlord. And I've seen them balk a little bit at the tenant placement like, oh, man, I'm going to pay just to find a tenant. Well, it turns out their rent was about, what, 35, 40% too low. So all of a sudden they become really happy when they say, geez, I was getting 750. I had no idea I could be getting a thousand bucks a month for this place. So one of the tools I think you guys I've seen you bring to the table is really bringing the market data to the landlord's and making sure they're maximizing, right? Same as re- same as traditional real estate. If you if your rent's too high, it's just going to sit there, right? But but you can maximize the income by knowing what the comps are in the neighborhood. I think that's where uh, we truly uh, earn earn our money. And so in industry parlance, what you just described is called a loss to lease. It's which is when you have a contractual lease amount that is less than what the market rental rate is. And so that's right. it. You can just do the math and work backwards and just realize, oh, well, even if, you know, those guys can get me a hundred more dollars, you know, per month than, you know, what I thought that was going to get, you know, they pay for themselves and much, much more. Right. Right, right. Um, talk to me about cash flow because we're talking about the reasons, you know, to get into this space. And I, uh, is that correct? I mean, some people get into this space actually for the cash flow to actually make money per month. 
Oh, a a absolutely. Actually, I would say that is one of the largest reasons that people get into this space is for the cash flow, specifically, uh, you know, rent estate. And what they're doing is a lot of times is, yep, they're making a nice monthly spread between uh, what the what the rent is, their their um, their expenses, and then also their you know the principal and interest on on their mortgage. And so that you know nice monthly spread you know adds up, and eventually they end up parlaying that as into another down payment. For another property that's going to do the same thing and create a, no, a nice another spread and what the, a lot of those the biggest thing that those that that type of client is looking to do is replace the the income that they're receiving from their job you know so instead of yep. trading their um their hours for dollars well, they're trying to build that passive income so they can one day step away with that from it if, you know, if, if they choose. You know, I think that there's plenty of people that have got into this, you know, hoping that they would be able to replace their income one day. And then they did. The time got there. And then they realized, oh, I still kind of like working. This is easy. I'm just going to continue to build my portfolio. And it's really right. what they're going for is that that peace of mind. You know, when they when it comes down to it and they actually achieve that goal, you know, it's it's that peace of mind that they're after, not necessarily that they're really trying to replace their income. I think your pink team just sent me my uh, income statement a few months ago and everything was summarized. It was literally one PDF that summarized every property. It was extremely simple. I just forwarded on to my accountant and he does the rest. I, I did I did very little. It was uh, it was a nice email to get at the end of the year. So, what kind of technology does Renters Warehouse use, and has it has it changed, or what do you guys use most? We have a full software stack, and so everything that we do gravitates around a central property management software that's more of a property and accounting database. And then there has been an ecosystem of softwares uh, that had popped up that integrates uh, with. The, the property management software and so for instance we have a separate software for running tenants um, that pushes the data back into our property management software uh, we have a separate uh, piece of software that uh, pushes the data and syncs to um, the property management software for maintenance um, we have an uh, operations and workflows automation software um, you know, that helps with the overall efficiency of the operations. And so the key to that is we we invest and that's the key because these these aren't software expenses. These are software investments. And it, not only do they create efficiencies and, you know, allow us to scale our business, but they allow us to provide a, a way better level of service to both the investor and the customer who is the tenant, you know, a happier, a happier tenant and a happier customer uh, is going to make better for a better investment for our investors, our clients. Right. All right. So here's super important question because so many of my listeners are friends, colleagues, and, you know, fellow realtors. Why should realtors care about Renters Warehouse? If I understand correctly, you had mentioned that you guys have paid out more in 2022 in realtor referrals in this year than you have in the previous three years combined, which is a great thing. To, I think you're happy to pay those, right? Oh, absolutely. No, so 
realtors. So how does that work? The realtors are our brother in arms, and so we love we love working with realtors. Uh, you know, because they're the ones they're the boots on the ground working with the investors. You know, up front. And so what we like to do is demonstrate the value of, of our property management service, you know, in order to get the, the right. largest compliment. Because for, you know, e- even though it's, you know, it's a nice check that they like getting after, clo- you know, after closing, after they've referred us over an investor who signs up for, you know, our, for our services. But they're not just going to do that to get to get the check. You know, they their reputations right. on lo- you know, on the line here, too. And so if all of a sudden they make a bad referral. Um, you know, that, that investor, they just lost that investor and the investor is going to, you know, go find, you know, the next realtor. So no, we like demonstrating the value of our service to investors, um, or to realtors. And, um, I don't believe we've had a single realtor that came back and said, you know, you did wrong by my client. They're all singing our praises and keep referring us. We've definitely had the opposite. I, I've always said it. It feels great to get a, a call from a fellow realtor and say, "Hey, I, you know, sent my buddy over to your company with his duplex, and he couldn't be happier." And and now we're actually going to go buy another one. So yeah, you can, you know, RW can make the realtors' lives uh, not only easier, but it can enrich it by you know demonstrating how easy. I don't want to say easy. It's not easy. Otherwise, um, you know, simple. But um, it's simple. Well, yeah, there you go. Good. Good word. We make it simple and scalable, right? I mean, you, you guys are at 600 units. What's your goal? How many units do you guys want to have under management and when? More. No. <laughs> Good no, the, uh, you know, it's, I mean, I think it, our um, totalable, total addressable market here realistically, um, you know, in southeastern Wisconsin is 2,000 plus. So, you know, so the, yeah. the larger that we can get by maintaining the quality of our service, um, and actually really the, the larger that, that we get, the more that we can invest to continue improving, right. you know, our service and just keep investing in the machine. And if I understand correctly, your maintenance department is considerably bigger than when you started. Oh, yes, absolutely. So we went from, you know, one, you know, handyman to now we have a full team of them, you know, where our our maintenance. So we have an affiliated maintenance company called Bruce City Property Services, and we're, we're a general contractor. You know, we uh, we also employ, um, you know, licensed HVAC technicians, plumbers, um, uh, electricians, you know, anything that you would think that you would need to perform any sort of work on these properties you know we we have you know we have that either either that employee or that vendor and that's the biggest piece and so if if i would say one thing that actually sets us apart uh from a lot of other property management companies is the maintenance piece because you got to get to a certain point where you can scale it because it's it is a lot of work um especially logistically uh incorporating maintenance into the property management business but it was but it is by far one of um the most valuable from an, an investor landlord standpoint maintaining the 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 actual physical asset is probably the most productive thing that you could do and one of the most productive things that you could spend the money on because if you know heaven forbid that you need to sell that thing tomorrow well you are going to wish that you would have you know serviced the the, you know the both the central air conditioner and the you know the forced air furnace you know that you had you know drained the you know hot water tank you know every you know 12 to 18 months that you properly uh had made sure that the your you had a positive slope you know on your grade around the perimeter and you have um exterior drainage you know properly installed i mean just doing all these basic things is not only just going to prolong the useful life of all your mechanicals but it it also preserves um the value of your asset and a lot of times improves it 
Another super important question. There's a lot of property managers out there. At least I've noticed that there are a lot of options. What makes Renters Warehouse Milwaukee different than all of the other property managers? We understand investors, whether that's, uh, you know, unintentional that you didn't even know you're an investor or you're, you know, sitting, you know, in in Malibu in California, uh, you know, purchasing properties in in the Midwest. You know, we understand the invest, you know, the investment. The investor psychology and we understand the strategy behind each investor so we'll you know we take uh, an objective look at what your investment objective is and then work backwards to figure out what is the best plan um, to make you hit those goals but there's some of the things that we put in place that it's you know like I alluded to a logistical nightmare when you you know comes to the actual maintenance itself the you know, not only the corrective repairs but the uh the preventative you know that's huge our written objective screening criteria that we are you know religious about um you know it's it it it's all comes with you know being having the attention to detail in each different avenue um of the investment and rental life cycle and just taking a step back and say how can we improve the you know the value of our service to both the clients um, and the customer and by always you know putting those two things first and putting the focus on them um, you, you know you're gonna win business in the long run yeah well I will I will say thank you because you guys have saved our butt and made us look really good a lot of times to our investors and you know it's funny brutal honesty is it's actually worked. Um, in a good way, opposite where, you know, we get called into a listing presentation for a, for an investment property and the, the owner is just done. And then we realize very quickly that this person's not built to self-manage. And you realize they really don't want to sell. But the, for the property management referrals we've turned over, we said, you know what, maybe it really sounds to me like you don't want to sell. Maybe you just need somebody to take care of this place. They're in Florida, Arizona, you know, Florida, wherever they are. And so we've given countless potential listings turned it over to you guys and it's been one two or five years and we haven't heard from them because they've kept the property and you guys have been doing everything and who knows hopefully one year they'll sell it and they'll come back but you guys hopefully not taken over for a lot of our clients yeah. <laughs> you guys have taken over for a lot of our clients and done done very well so uh couldn't be more proud of you guys and Hope you get to that number of more slash 2,000 <laughs> units. That'd be great. The uh, I think the opportunity is there, so it's just a matter of uh, growing the company and, and sticking with it. All right, so for all of my realtor friends that are listening, explain to them how they get paid to send their clients over to you. Oh, yeah, it's actually, we made that a super easy process. Uh, we sent uh, We set up a nice landing page called uh, rent estate referral.com so rent estate referral.com and so it just outlays um you know our services you know actually that we provide you know for um the realtors themselves and you know everything about our actual referral program and then there's a nice contact form for you just to put your information not your client's information um you know we don't want that yet we want to talk to you first uh so put right. your information it, it spits it to uh, our business development um, manager, Chris Schmiel, and then he'll reach out to you at a time of your choosing, kind of give you a rundown and kind of what your client's needs are, and then you'll pass them off to us, put them in good hands, and, you know, we get the management agreement signed, and we cut you a check. Off and go. Yeah, so for my realtor friends, that 
goes to rentestatereferral.com, all one word. And if you are a listener that just wants to get into the game, by all means, uh, give me a call. Um, this is kind of what we do. Be happy to talk to you about getting to the game. It's uh, I think people are more hesitant than they need to be. It can be super easy. They think they need a. It's going to be a full time job, and it's not. You can just buy these properties, turn them over to the RW guys, and you know wait until you buy your next one. So reach out to me at four one four eight eight one thirty two ninety. Otherwise, look us up. Our website, of course, is sellingmilwaukee.com. Uh, or reach out to any of my team members. They'd be happy to um, talk you through it. We're pretty well versed in this investment space. Since we've uh, formed this affiliation with Renters Warehouse Milwaukee, I would say our expertise in the area of counseling people to get into the space has grown tremendously. And that feels good because like you said, this is a financial advantage to them. And when the time does come to exit, whether it's selling the property for for college funds or they're retiring um, or you're taking the cash flow, there's just all sorts of advantages to it. There's really, really no downside. Even when the market was not performing as good as it should it's still outperforming the stock market correct uh absolutely and you still have cash flow coming in that's the biggest difference i mean when your your portfolio stock portfolio is tanking i mean there's literally nothing you can do but when you own rent estate you still have the rent coming in yep yep all right that's all good stuff i think we've done a good job i hope we did a good job i guess uh after this podcast uh drops we'll we'll find out from the comments and the questions i get i'm hoping that we gave a few good nuggets to people that want to get into the space or potentially turn over their their portfolio to Renters Warehouse so they can get back to their life. Um, You know, the tagline I use when I sign off is always use a local lender, and I will say that is completely appropriate in the investment space. It's the exact same thing. When you're buying an investment property, you want to use a lender that understands investment properties in that market. That's not a place you want to be where you're going to a dot-com lender in another part of the country to, to help you get your money. It just doesn't work. So with that being said, I'm going to sign off. Hope this was all informative. As always, use a local lender. Danny, thanks for uh, being on my podcast. We're going to have you back, I'm guessing, sometime. Yeah, no, that'd be great. I'm looking forward to it. All right. We'll talk soon. Uh, See everybody next time. Use a local lender and we'll talk to you soon. Take care. Thanks for listening to Home Selling Hero. For more, subscribe to us on your favorite podcast platform and connect with Tom across LinkedIn, Instagram, and Twitter. If you have a question about selling your home or buying your next one, reach out to Tom at tom at tomdidier.com or call or text him directly at 414-881-3290. Home Selling Hero is a production of Tom Didier Real Estate in partnership with Westport Studios. This podcast is for informational purposes only, and any information presented during the course of discussion is presented as reliable under the laws of the state of Wisconsin. Be sure to consult a local agent for any nuances where you may live.